And thank you, Picker. I like hearing that song first thing here on Sunday morning. And good morning to all you listeners out there. My name is R.T. Lowe, and you're listening to For Your Information here on Cox Radio. For Your Information is a public affairs program that we have here, and we try to present some things that are going on in the community that the folks would find interesting. And I try to have a guest because I'm awful boring by myself. <laughs> we have a great guest today. He is the superintendent of schools for Cleveland Independent School District, Dr. Daryl Myers. Dr. Myers, do I still have you on the line? I'm still here, R.T. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's great to have you on. I, I tell you what, let's start out by letting the people know who you are, Dr. Myers. Well, I'm the superintendent of schools for Cleveland Independent School District, and this is my, I just completed my third year, and uh, starting on my fourth year in the district, and I've been a superintendent. This is my 20th year as a superintendent. So I've uh, been in the superintendency of all and about my 36th year in public education. So I've been around East Texas for a little bit. Uh, and I tell you what, over that 36 years, you've noticed a few changes, I'm sure. It's, it's changed a lot, the business has since I, I first started. I can assure you that a lot of things have a lot of things have changed, uh, some for the good and some for the not so good, but nevertheless, Things have changed. Uh, and I guess that kind of puts you in a, a good place, a good stead, as they say, for uh, taking the job at Cleveland because Cleveland is, a, is in the midst of change. It is, and that's one of the, that's one of the reasons uh, that, I, that I came to Cleveland is I felt like I had some, uh, some things to offer in Cleveland that, that could help them with the transition that, that we're going through currently and, and are going to continue to go through over the next, uh, you know, 10 years to 15 years. Yes, yeah, so the big one, of course, uh, I guess you'd call it the big one because from there so many things stem is growth. As you and I were talking earlier, uh, Cleveland has just uh, exploded in the last two or three, four years. It has, and you know, this year we've uh, we've grown almost 20%, and um, you know, you think, well, 20%, but we've gone from 4,149 students to right at 5,000 students uh, during the school year, so wow. it's a significant growth, and um, I, don't, I don't see it slowing uh, anytime soon, so... We've got some we've got some challenges ahead as far as facilities are concerned and 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 educating students as well. That brings us to something that you and the board voted on recently. First, let's make sure everybody knows the superintendent can't just say, "Hey, we're going to have a a change in the school system." It doesn't work like that. They put you in charge, but you still have other people that you have to uh, get direction from, right? Uh, that's correct. Ever who came up with uh, the format was smart enough not to let a bunch of superintendents have uh, complete control. And so our, our board of trustees are the ones that control those factors. The superintendent just makes recommendations to the board. And the boards are the ones that actually uh, dictate the direction uh, for the district, especially on bonds and things of that nature. Uh, you know, I do the legwork, and the, the staff does the legwork leg of getting the numbers to the board, uh, informing the board where we're at as far as facilities and number of students and budget and things of that nature. And the board takes that information and, uh, and the recommendations, and then they act on it as to whether 
you know, we need to go for a bond or, or we need to do something else. And recently the board did vote for a bond for a number of reasons, and I'm going to let you kind of explain what those are and what you, what you think about the situation. Uh, I, of course, the as a layman, it's not too difficult to understand. you got to have somewhere to put feed and house these uh, extra thousand almost 2,000 students in, in a year's growth, and not to mention you know, next year. What we, what we did was back in 2015, we went for a bond uh, for $35 million and we had that bond passed, and we based, we based that bond on uh, about a 4 to 5% growth pattern that we had seen, and um, that bond was for expanding the middle school, uh, expanding east side campus, uh, to house more kids and, and some safety issues that we needed to, do, to address on each of our campuses, and then also a, a pretty good size uh, cooling project for the south side with their chillers and so forth. So that's what that bond was for. And when we looked at it, we thought that bond's going to hold us for about five years or so. It'll hold us till we get 5,000 students. Well, you know, little did we know that in 18 months after that, we were going to have 5,000 students. So oh. we didn't, did not anticipate 20% growth. And uh, so that's the reason for this bond. Uh, we, you know, if we had the, the facilities already constructed, uh, which they are under construction right now, kind of in the middle of it, uh, if we had those uh, ready to go at the, at the present time, we would still... Uh, be at, at our capacity, so that that's why the board went for this bond, and this you know this bond uh, being a eighty million dollar bond um, to build uh, a new elementary school, uh, double the size essentially of the high school, and then also uh, take some money and build some infrastructure is with regards to our auxiliary services like our transportation, food service, maintenance service, custodial services, warehousing, and those type things. Uh, all of those are spread throughout the town, and uh, we really need to consolidate those as we, as we grow as a district and move forward. Not only are we going to need campuses uh, to house students, but we're going to have to have warehousing space, and uh, we, we're adding seven buses a year for the last couple of years and probably will be that many or more next year, and so uh, as we grow, all those things grow as well, and uh, we need to be prepared uh, for the future uh, because the growth looks like that uh, it's sustainable growth. And that's the thing. We're not looking for this to fall off any time in the near future. I'm sorry, but a, a kind of a semi-funny thing that I heard once at a speech, Mattress Max was uh, asked one time why he had everything at one location. And he said, number one, it's a lot easier to keep up with what I have. And number two, they can only walk off with so much when I'm watching. <laughs> well, I, I can certainly appreciate that. Uh, you know, when you look at our auxiliary services, uh, our bus barn's too small, uh, not only for the buses, but for the number of employees, and it's pretty much landlocked where it is. Yes. Uh, it was built in the late 60s. Uh, same thing with our maintenance department. Our warehousing is an old seafood restaurant uh, that the uh, board owns, and the roof is bad on it, and 
or I should say the school district owns, and the, the roof's bad on it. Uh, it needs some repair and, and things like that. And I just uh, and looking at the structure, um, not sure that uh, we want to put money into that type of thing. So um, another thing is our food service. Uh, as we grow, it's going to be real important, not only in food service, but also with warehousing that we'll be able to buy in bulk and store in bulk. Yeah. And um, larger freezers for food service to be able to, to handle those type things uh, is important. And then for distribution, being able to distribute out of one particular center um, certainly helps. And as we grow and probably over the next 15 years wind up with, you know, uh, the way things are going, 13, 14, maybe 15 elementary schools, you know, two or three middle schools, and a couple of high schools, mm. um, it's going to be critical that we have a, a centrally located auxiliary service department that can service all those campuses out of one location. And people, if you think about it uh, on a smaller scale in, at your house, you don't want your uh, to have a fairly good-sized pantry in the kitchen and then one in the bedroom and one in the guest room and a couple in a closet down the hall because that's basically what you're trying to keep up with. If it's scattered all over, it's got to be a logistics nightmare. And it does create problems for us in, in the district, and it, it creates logistical issues. But uh, And that's what we're trying to do with this bond uh, is look ahead to what's coming down the road in the next, 10 years and and get prepared right now so that uh, as we add those campuses, we're, we're not fighting ourselves as far as distribution is concerned and as far as being able to service those campuses, that we're, we're prepared for what's coming. And we're speaking with Dr. Daryl Meyer. He's the superintendent of schools for the Cleveland Independent School District, and currently they're uh, just passed a request for the patrons to approve a bond issue for how much eight eighty million eighty million dollars that's correct and he's telling us some of the things it's going to be used for and you and i haven't spoken about this or anything so i hope i'm not putting you on a, a spot but i would think that you've already talked to uh super other superintendents and other school districts uh, school board such as conroe and new caney and even uh any of the other the school districts along the northern corridors, whether it's 59 or 69, uh, excuse me, 69 or 45, uh, to try to get an idea how they've handled the growth right, and the mistakes they've made. Well, that, that's correct. Actually, uh, RT, we, we joined the Texas Fast Growth School Coalition, uh, which is made up of, of school districts across the state. Uh, say Frisco, Salina, uh, um, Hutto, places like that that are they're growing uh, similarly to Cleveland, and uh, through that network and, and Dr. Gus Gonzo, who is uh, the recently retired uh, superintendent at Humble, uh, is the president of that organization. Uh, we're able to pick their brains about what we need to be doing, if we're doing the right things, if we're making the right moves, um, how we need to prepare for this growth and so forth. So uh, there's there's no need for us to try to reinvent the wheel or try to come up with things uh, on our own when people 
or out there in the business that have been through this uh, previously, and uh, we can learn from them. And and the the thought behind that, of course, is that you're not going about this haphazardly, and this isn't something you know that's being sp- sprung on you as far as uh, what to do. It's it's happening, and it's happening, and you've uh, done the work to figure out what you need to do to make the proper steps for our future. Correct. You know, uh, there's a lot of a lot of research and thought that goes into it. You just don't jump out there and ask your your taxpayers and your patrons to to approve eighty million dollars. Um, you have to have the data to support that. And uh, when you look at the number of lots that that are going to be on the ground in the in the Cleveland Independent School District, ready for uh, ready for purchase in the next, uh, say, five years, you're talking about uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 26, 27,000 lots. So if you, just, if you just anticipate one child per lot, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, thousands of students. So, uh, you know, you're talking about another twenty to 21,000 students over the next 10 to, to 15 years. So, um, and that's you know, there's a lot we... of thought process that goes into that and in, in what we need and in, in how we need to attack that. Right now, uh, how we're dealing with it is by purchasing portable buildings, and um, certainly that's not the best investment. I mean, they are uh, a necessity, uh, but at the same time, we don't want to buy any more than we have to. Uh, we would rather put our money in brick and mortar, uh, but... Nonetheless, we are purchasing portables, and, and folks will see those, uh, patrons will see those coming up on on most of our campuses, uh, in particular probably next year, some conspicuous ones up at the high school campus. And, um, you know, we're trying to, uh, we're not ahead of this phenomenon. Uh, we're just trying to catch up with it. And excuse our interruption there, I had a computer malfunction. You were telling us about the number of houses and locations that are coming in. Those are those are the ones that we know about. Those are the subdivisions that are already be platted. And that, that's correct, R.T. That's the ones that, that we currently know about. So, and you know, the Parkway uh, 99 coming through the southern portion of our school district uh, is a big driver in that. So... Uh, it, you know, it's going to be a lot of growth over the next 10 to 15 years in, in our community. And, you know, people ask about the bond and, and um, you know, if we're going to have to have a, another bond in two or three years or whatever. And, and the answer to that is, you know, I don't have an answer. Uh, if you look at historical growth and you look at the last year, you know, uh, Next year, if we grow close to 20%, you know, we'll be up to uh, 6,000 students uh, in 2018. So um, who knows? Who knows where we're going? We've got a, a demographic firm that's working with us that's doing some demographic work uh, not only for uh, campus boundaries but also for uh, growth, and, and they're going to advise us on, on what they see in the future, but, uh, you know, I, I can't answer those questions about when the next bond would, would come to, to pass. Uh, we just don't know. It's, it's when we've got to have it. That's, uh, you, know, you want to try to stay ahead of the curve, but. Right, well, you know, one of the things is, RT, we could, 
you know, our last bond was for $35 million and, and it passed by 44 votes. Uh, and we've come to the voters this time with, with $80 million because of this, this rapid growth that we've had. Uh, and, it, it, you know, it takes about three years from the time that we, we recognize we need a bond until we can get a school on the ground. So it, it's critical that uh, we don't waste time. And, uh, you know, we're looking for an elementary and doubling the size of the high school. Uh, but if we continue to grow at a, at a 15 to 20 percent growth rate, um, you know, it's very possible that we can need another bond uh, quickly. But uh, if we would have gone to the voters and asked for, say, $160 million to try to cover uh, three or four different schools in the future, um, I just don't, I don't think that was a, a wise thing to ask for our voters to do. I would rather ask them every three or four years uh, for uh, a bond than to, to ask them for a lump sum for us to hold on to for, you know, five to seven years. And there's some, besides making common sense, it, it, there's some good uh, financial reasons for that, too. You, you, uh, your taxes, you know, just because they built the subdivision don't, doesn't mean that your taxes come in immediately. That's correct. We, we lag behind um, about a year as far as the revenue off that property is concerned. So um, when someone builds a house, we usually don't uh, realize the revenue on that until, you know, the next tax year. So, you know, we're always, we're always lagging about a year behind. Uh, you know, fortunately... Our values are going up, um, you know, and, and that's a good thing for our taxpayers from the yeah. standpoint that uh, it helps hold the tax rate down. The The current uh, bond that we're looking at right now would, would basically have about uh, three and a half cents uh, impact on the, the tax rate, for the school tax rate, which is considerably less than it would have been four or five years ago. Uh, yes. just due to the, the increase in property uh, values. So uh, as we grow and as we have rooftops that come in and subdivisions that come in, it it, it helps uh, other property owners as well to uh, share that burden. And as the population increases, we'll also have convenience stores, grocery stores, general merchandise stores that will also help carry the burden. Well, yeah, and, you know, I have looked at um, some of the development uh, down as far as on the parkway with uh, the developers that are doing that, um, that those subdivisions, and they have retail spaces laid out along that, that uh, 99 uh, parkway. So, um, you know, there's going to be some retail that, that occurs down there, and, you know, people that are in large corporations, especially food and general merchandising, corporations are going to be interested in some of that space. That's right. We're speaking with Dr. Daryl Myers, and he is the superintendent of schools for Cleveland Independent School District. Uh, currently, the school district is uh, asking for a bond to be passed by the voters. And if you don't mind, uh, before we go too much further, would you recap real quickly what we expect this bond money to build for us or take care of? You bet. We're asking, we're asking for the $80 million bond. Um, essentially, we need uh, to build another elementary school. Uh, 
that elementary school would house approximately 900 students. And then we're asking to also be able to double the size of our current high school. Uh, our high school right now is uh, overcrowded by about 200 and some odd kids. Uh, we, we really need uh, essentially to double the space there to be able to take that building up to about a, a 2,000 to uh, 2,100 student campus. And then the third uh, leg of, of the bond is for uh, a facility, uh, which which we call a service center, uh, for support services, which would include uh, transportation, uh, warehousing, uh, our food and nutrition departments and their freezers, uh, as well as maintenance and custodial. So. Uh, that's essentially what the bond covers, and and uh, as far as the impact on the tax rate, like I said, it's about three and a half uh, cents per hundred dollars worth of uh, value. Uh, that means that if you own a, a seventy-five thousand uh, dollar home or so, uh, you know you're going to be paying about seventeen dollars a year or so on that. So, uh, and one other thing that I that was. Had thought of you and I were talking about the kind of an advantage of taking it in chunks as a, as opposed to two hundred million dollars all at one time or something like that. As these bonds are paid off, as as they retire, you're actually going to be freeing up other money a little earlier. Yeah, that's correct. And and we go by and we do uh, refis or, or refinancing of bonds that, that in the past that we've had, uh, both to uh, save on uh, interest uh, by refunding those bonds and it's, and also by being able to, to lower that debt uh, so that we can retire them earlier. So as you, as you go through, there is advantages to having, uh, you know, several different bonds under, sold under uh, different years as far as uh, financing is concerned. So, folks, I guess what I'm trying to find out, and uh, and hopefully we are finding out, is uh, this isn't being done haphazardly. There's a lot of uh, planning and, and thought that's gone into this. And the fact is, is if the students are going to be here, we have to educate them, right? Well, that's correct. Uh, when students present themselves, uh, you know, if they live within our, in our district, then it's our responsibility to uh, educate them. Uh, if that's where their residence is, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's a situation where we we're growing and our student population is growing uh, at a at a very rapid rate. As you said, it's not something that's done ha- haphazardly. Uh, we we work with uh, financial advisors, uh, we work with our architects, and we work with dem- demographers uh, to try to try to find what the best solution is for Cleveland ISD, not necessarily what it is some other school district. And that's that's the particulars of it is the the finer points is you can take a little bit of direction from different areas as what you and I talked about, but what happens there, you know, their drainage is going to be different than our drainage. Their the price of property is going to be different and their growth rate is going to be different. And for that matter, who who is making up the district changes all the time? Well, sure. There, there. Uh, 
ethnicity breakdown, their uh, uh, property values, uh, their, I guess, commercial industry and so forth. It, it changes so much from from district to district that, uh, you know, districts are, are pretty autonomous as far as uh, what their particular makeup is. Uh, but with that said, still, like we talked about with the Fast Growth School Coalition, you can you can get in there and, and find out uh, some of the finer things that some of those other school districts have done that have really worked for them on, on dealing with fast growth and then some mistakes that they've made as well. They don't always necessarily fit in Cleveland, but, but some of them we can utilize and, and uh, take advantage of. Yes, we're speaking with Dr. Daryl Myers. He is the superintendent of schools for Cleveland Independent School District. Uh, as you'd mentioned, we recently passed a is it was it a thirty million dollar bond? It was thirty five million dollars. And how is the just to update us? How are the building and stuff going with that? We're we're doing well with that. Uh, if you go to the the middle school or our East Side campus, you can see that the red iron. Uh, is, is almost complete, especially the east side. Uh, we've got framing going up and siding as well as the, the top going on the building. Uh, so it's starting to really look like a building. Uh, over at our middle school campus, we had a little issue with uh, some of the uh, the red iron. Uh, our steel fabrica- fabricator had some issues with... Uh, with the fabrication, and we got a, we've got a few weeks behind, but it's it's coming along, and they're hoping to be able to make up that time during the summer. Uh, we've got the chillers uh, in over at Southside; they've been installed, and we have new chillers in that uh, to run that building. And then we have some summer projects that are coming up that are associated with that bond, as far as safety projects on some of the other campuses. Uh, that that need to be installed uh, with locking vestibules and things of that nature. Okay, so we're 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 coming along pretty good. Only uh, a couple of things that were delayed. That's not bad. Well, you know, any time that you're dealing with construction, especially in Southeast Texas, you're at the <laughs> mercy a lot of times of of the weather until you can get uh, get something dried in and framed up and dried in. So. Um, given the weather and given some uh, some small issues that we had with uh, steel fabrication on one of the one of the projects, uh, you know we're not doing bad. Uh, we're 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 doing okay, and, and we're gonna we're gonna have some nice facilities out of the out of the uh, project. And that's good to hear. Uh, I guess I would be uh, remiss in not asking about uh, the fact that you are dr- going around in circles trying to get all the kids moved up a grade you've got graduation and and uh, of course from junior high they go to high school you know the whole whole thing everybody's getting ready to change and you're in the midst of uh, finding out if all the grades worked and things like that so uh how about the high school how many graduates you think we're going to have and it just in round figures uh in round figures I, I would think at the high school we'll have about 220 um one of the things that we're seeing, RT, and, and you can look in the lower grades. I mean, we've got lower grades that have 400 kids in them. Yeah. Uh, so it, it pretty much tells you that uh, we're graduating smaller classes at the top, but the classes at the bottom of the spectrum were probably three times as big as they, they used to be. So it kind of gives you an idea of where the growth's coming from. 
Yeah, and it tells you what we have to look forward to is these uh, young young children growing, uh, become young men and women in our school system and in our community. Our whole thought process as far as uh, the school district's concern is that when our, our graduates walk across the stage that they have uh, options and they have choices in life, whether it be academic choices or vocational choices. So, you know, we just want to, we want to make sure that, that our graduates, when they get into our society, into the real world, so to speak, that in their adults, that, that they have options. Well, Dr. Myers, I appreciate you being my guest today. You were very patient with our little uh, interruption there. But thank you for being my guest today. RT, it's always a pleasure, and, and I appreciate you having me on. Okay, well, I guess that wraps it up for Cox Radio. For your information here on Sunday morning, we appreciate you listening. And pick her key up that flat top and take us on home. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.